You're listening to Grant's Rants. Subscribe and spread the word. There are a lot more rants to come. Listen anytime on all major podcasting platforms. And now, back to the show. And we're back on the podcast, joined once again by Ryan Bailey. It's really nice to catch up with you. I really like chatting with you. I think we've really only talked in podcasts, like recording, right? I don't think we've ever met, have yeah, we? Yeah, no, I mean, no, never. I mean, I mean, it's COVID, so I haven't met any. Like, I mean, I've been doing the podcast about a year and maybe a year and a couple months now. Yeah. And it's so funny. Like, I don't meet anybody anymore. So everything is over audio. But when you have a shorthand of these shows... You get to know people, I think, rather quickly and uh, rather intimately based on their opinions of these shows. You you know, it's real. It's a shorthand language that yep. kind of catches you up with somebody very quickly. Yeah. How are you doing five shows a week? How do you keep prevent? <laughs> how do you prevent burnout? Serious question. Um, well, I mean, also, I do the Patreon episodes, too. So I'm doing like probably eight, eight or nine shows a week. Um, I. You know, I've always thought it was silly to hear that do what you love and it's not work. Um, and I got to say that does, that does, that, 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 that is what the situation is here is that I found somebody, I, I, something I truly love. Um, it does burn out in the sense of it's a daily grind. It's almost like the deadliest catch that reality show where they're just crab fishing all night. And that is kind of, you're just grinding these things out but to meet fascinating people i get to talk to so many amazing people i to hear their viewpoints i've learned about social issues i've laughed my balls off i mean there are so many Mm -hmm. amazing things that i the only disappointing thing is that i wish i had leaned into this earlier in my life or that podcasting was even around earlier in my life but i lost my actual job during covid and it just gave me more time to treat this as a job. I treat this as a career and mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I mean, it's, I treat everything as a laugh. I treat it. I try to be as silly as possible, but I I'm deadly serious about the podcast. I love it so much. I am very passionate about it. I'm passionate about the listeners. I feel like they're family and friends. I enjoy, you know, just those things in life grant where, there's so many things in life where I feel like I have two left feet. I feel like I don't fit in. I feel like I'm a nerd or a loser. And with the podcast, it is one of the only times where I felt not cocky, but I felt confident. I felt that I've had something to say. And I feel like I have two good ears that really want to listen to other people. And podcasting is the perfect venue for that. And it champion, it, it, it's a champion of women's voices, of gay voices, uh, of minority voices. There are so many amazing voices that this medium champions Mm -hmm. that other mediums don't. And I cannot say enough good things about it. And through this reality, through these reality shows that we dearly love, you find that it touches on everything. Pop culture touches on everything. And it shows. I mean, you know, the way you, I love the way that you speak to the listener and, and the way that you even greet them at the top. And like, it's just so personal. It really is your thing. And I, I totally get finding your lane, finding what makes you go, you know, finding what makes you feel comfortable. And that's your space. I totally get it. And you know what the great thing, Grant, is it's it's a space for everybody, not my show, but like 
listening to your voice. You have a beautiful radio voice. You have your own opinion on things. And the great thing about this medium is that the more, the merrier. Like, you know, I have my listeners and I hope that grows. You have your listeners and that grows. And, you know, these people support us. These people are like, when I do talk to them, I talk to them exactly how I talk to a friend. I say right. such embarrassing things, such personal things, and they go there with me. I put my parents on the podcast. I, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, it's just the best place to be an open book. Well, it's admirable to me as someone who does get a little jaded. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate the people that are listening. I just get a little, a little kind of buried in work because I do do this in my full-time job. So it is actually really like refreshing to hear someone with it, you know, that really is so committed to this and appreciates it so much. And yeah, I can, I can relate. I'm right there with you. So yeah, we have that in common as well. But so, yeah, if anybody listening wants to give it a shot, we, I welcome everybody. I wel welcome all ears. Right. And I mean, I, I, you know, Hey, I get jaded too. I get scared of if I'm doing the right thing by going this hard and, and, and really making this kind of part of my life's work. Um, but at the end of the day, I get so excited thinking about who I talked to that day or who I'm about to talk to the next day. It, it, that energy totally translates. It totally shows. So bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Literally bravo. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, let's talk briefly about the talk. I want to get into this and get your opinions. <laughs> the ratings are low. This was never a hit show. Uh, guest bookings on that show. There's no high profile guests like ever. Um, the rumor is that it's facing cancellation. I don't really care if it is, but Sharon Osbourne is out. We've talked about this now for a long time. I'm not getting into yeah. the details of that, uh, but it's it's time for her to go. You know, w what can they do with this show? Is Does this have a place in pop culture or is it done? I mean, I don't think it's needed. I mean, I, we have so many shows exactly like this. You know, uh, you know, it's easy to confuse the talk with the view or the, the, the sip or, I mean, there's so many variations of this show. And also I think when you have somebody like Sharon stick there, you know, she's just, she's known, she's like the female, um, you know, who's the British guy that just got uh, Piers, uh, Piers, Piers Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these people, they're outdated and, you know, they're, they have this cockiness about them now because they've been doing this so long. And at the end of the day, they got to realize you're just giving your personal opinions. It's like what we do with podcasting. Don't ever think that you're bigger than the pop culture that you talk about. You know, at the end of the day, we all yeah. have opinions. You know, at the end of the day, you could replace Sharon with anybody and potentially be just as good, if not better. So I think when you start believing your own hype, and I think of this with Housewives as well, it's a really dangerous territory and you don't... Um, because everybody has an opinion. You don't have to go to school to have one. That's not a, a talent. What is a talent is trying to look at things fairly unbiased and to listen. That's a talent. 100%. And that's why I was screaming when I read this article. They're, they're talking about this. A source claims, quote, Mrs. O is irreplaceable. And they go on to say that her talent doesn't exist anywhere else. Are you <laughs> kidding me? It exists everywhere else. Everywhere said, else. Look at the podcasting genre. You yes. can replace it with any Bravo podcaster, and it would be just as good. I mean, there are so many people that should get a shot there. I, I mean, I've met so many people in the last year. Sharon has a name and she has a reputation, but that name and reputation will be her downfall as well. Yep. I mean, it's just, yep. it's so dumb. You're not, um, 
you know, you're not Britney Spears. You're not, um, you know, John Grisham. You're, you're not, you don't have a tactile talent to sell. You're just peddling opinions. And that is, um, and then to shut another lady down on a show where it's supposed to be about talking and listening in this culture, in this day and age, it's gross. Especially a woman of color. I mean, come on, read the room. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And I thought uh, that lady handled it so well by just kind of letting Sharon hang herself. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, now the current panel is, and I don't really know who any of these people are. I do know Cheryl Underwood, obviously. Carrie and Anaba, okay. Not exactly yeah, a yeah. house, not exactly an A-lister. Uh, Amanda Klutz, I think her name is, and then Elaine Welthroth. Uh, I, I must be misreading this, but uh, okay. I mean, this this could be like a, a digital show. Like, it just doesn't scream network TV show to me. It just seems like this show is kind of on its last legs. It's, it's n- nothing but bad press, bad ratings. And for a show, a talk show that takes place in L.A. with the amount of talent that's there, like, it's just strange to me that there aren't more. Like, what happened to Marie Osborne? I mean, Marie um, <laughs> Osmond. And, yeah. and what happened to Eve? Like, I don't understand what happens to these people. So it's just it just seems like kind of like a discount talk show to me in, in certain ways, even the way it's produced. This is not just a knock on talent. But I would rather have it be like this than an hour of influencers. That, I'm not, uh, that, they'll try it, but it's not going to work. Well, I mean, never underestimate the power of money and they've set this train in motion. It's probably very cheap to produce. Sharon probably draws the largest salary. So, um, and Sharon's getting a $10 million payoff to get out of this. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're paying her contract out. Mm-hmm. So they're losing money there, but it's, it's like Vanderpump rules. People asking if it's going to come back. It's like, yeah, it's going to come back because it still makes money. It might not be good, but remember, (laughs) nobody said TV has to be good. I mean, TV on the majority nowadays is good, but nobody, thats there's not a rule. The rule is to sell soap. The rule is to sell commercial time, and that show will still sell commercial time, so Uh it really is, it could go either way. Either way, I don't care because I have my own opinions and I listen to opinions all day long. Right. I don't need to tune into another show to listen to other people's opinions, you know, especially on softball topics. I mean, there's so much going on in the world. You know, I remember like Julie Chen used to look into the camera. They would say stupid, <laughs> super, sort of stupid topics. Like, you know, like a child is acting up in church and she'll be like, would you yell at your child in public? And then they all have to have a discussion about parenting. I mean, that is that that's not can't miss TV. That's yeah. nothing groundbreaking. And they've always tried it very lately. I remember Kathy Griffin used to say it was like the view, but less aggressive. I mean, that, that's the biggest show. That's the biggest problem, though. Why can't it be a little bit more aggressive? Now, my pick for who should go on the show, it would take a, a big investment, both financially and through PR. But I think Kathy Griffin should be on the show. I think that's the only way to press yeah. reset and to get the show some press, honestly. I would love that. And, and by the way, I mean, right now they are riding a wave of press, you know, and it would be fascinating for them to really throw a Hail Mary and get somebody like Kathy Griffin, which is enough of a name. Um, But you said you would love to see it more aggressive. And we did get to see it more aggressive and it kind of was a failure. Like Sharon was way too aggressive and it was gross. Yeah. Well, that was just ignorant. I mean, yeah, it was aggressive and ignorant. I mean, you can still debate a topic and seek out information and be a little combative, but like it doesn't need to get to the point where it was at all. But 
Yes, I think Kathy would be good for this. I think she's a woman of a particular age. She lives in the L.A. area. She's been on the talk before. She's really good at that. She's fast. She's quick. And she needs a little bit of a redemption storyline right now in her own life. Trump's out. Let's let's see what happens with her in the next phase of her career. I don't think it will happen, you know, but for many different reasons that I won't get into. But I think if they were smart, they'd at least try it out for a year. It is funny when you start to think of people's lives as like, you know, real people's lives and talking about them as storylines. <laughs> like I sometimes I like to think of like, what's my storyline this year? Like what, what if I was on a reality show, what is my storyline? And I think that's very interesting to look at one's life like that. I always did. I, I think it's because I grew up watching soap operas. So I would always follow people's storylines and their arcs. So that, that's how yeah, I like, think. Like, 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 <laughs> like this year, I would kick myself off the cast. I'd be like, he's not making it back. <laughs> yeah, that's how my brain works. Let's take a look now and go backwards into our old Hollywood talk segment. It's Grant's Rants, Old Hollywood Talk. We're going way back now with this this last topic. Justin Timberlake, who I have continuously disliked, let the record show for like 25 years. Uh, (laughs) Can you believe we're still, I can't believe that we're talking about this 2004 uh, Super Bowl performance. I'm so, I, you know, if I had a time machine, I would go back and tell my young self not to buy any DVDs because of streaming. And I would go back and tell Justin, do not just leave it alone. You're not going to want this heat 25 years later. (laughs) I feel like we talk about this every year and it's like a campaign where we get more people to dislike Justin Timberlake over the years because more things become apparent. But at the same time, like, man, we have like, really, like we can move on at a certain point. I know. And I saw this ad, this this page six article, and I'm like, I agree with you. I'm like, who is this? This some stylist. His name is Wayne Scott Lucas. He's speaking out about this. And I'm like, but why? Again, like you said, 25 years ago, give it up. But apparently he was the stylist, and that was involved with the quote-unquote wardrobe malfunction. And the only reason he's penning this book, or it's at least the timing is convenient, is because of Justin's apology on Instagram. Remember with the notes app and yeah. threw Janet in at the bottom? It just kind of covered that base. So this prompted him to speak out. Okay, dude, whatever. But I'm not def- – let, let the record show. I'm not defending Justin in any of this. Um but basically, he's blaming Justin, saying that Justin wanted to compete with the Britney Madonna Christina kiss, which was iconic. Remember the kiss they cut away from Christina and Madonna to Justin Timberlake's reaction? Remember that? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I go over this back and forth. Like, I'm not the biggest Justin Timberlake fan, but like, I also, I mean, I also see the side of. I mean, I hate that he I, he really did let Janet take the fall for that, but in yes, in the actual. Um, the actual, like, I can see where his head was at. I could see where him really wanting to like really set himself apart and really show himself as a solo artist and to do anything by any means necessary, which meant having something talked about that huge. And you think about it now, and that would be barely a blip if somebody showed a nipple on screen. Nobody give would give a crap about that now. But back then, it was this kind of reckless, you know, thing and families were watching the Super Bowl. But I understand what he thought he was doing. I I thought, you know, he thought he was being a pop star. He thought he was being dangerous. It's just that the fact that once he was dangerous and he got called out for it, he didn't take the blame. 
Right. And there was the whole alleged, like, like the, the Janet Jackson was like banned from CBS or like Viacom yeah. or something alleged. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was so there, poorly there was handled. was a fine by the FCC. The FCC fined it uh, millions of dollars. I mean, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. Yeah. And, and it just, being a student of pop culture and growing up with people like Madonna, you know, I mean, Madonna had a sex book. Remember Madonna had like that whole period of time where it was just, you know, her, you know, do, doing a naked photos and the book was called sex. I mean, she <laughs> was the first right. person to, you know, I mean, the, the like a virgin and the Pepsi commercial with the, the black Jesus. I mean, she was the first person that were, was really pushing buttons in a way uh, in this pop culture landscape. And it is funny when somebody like Madonna, Madonna kind of found a way to get away with it. But people like Justin, I, I think also because Madonna, that was really who she was. She walked the walk, she talked the talk. And I think Justin is more of a businessman that thought he was doing something that would be legendary. Yeah, well, uh, my biggest problem with him is I, I don't like men that sing in falsetto. So from the beginning, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. But, wow, yeah. so you, wow. <laughs> yeah, that eliminates a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he's insisting that he wanted to do something bigger than the VMA performance and that he wanted a reveal. So then he should pay those FCC fines. If yeah, opinion. I mean. It was his I idea, mean, apparently. Allegedly. I don't it, know. This is what the stylist is saying. Who who knows? But the stylist did say that it was the most functioning wardrobe and it did what it was intended to do. So take that what you okay, will. take cool. that with what you will. Right. Yeah. I mean, I it's fun it's fun to I mean it's not fun, but it's interesting to remember that Super Bowl performance and I mean it shows you how quick the passage of time goes. But it's also fascinating because so many things has happened in between that. If you look at Janet Jackson's career and you look at Justin Timberlake's career, uh, it's interesting to kind of see that full map of, you know, the ups and downs of both of their careers where Janet took an immediate hit. And I think Justin is taking a hit in the last couple of years, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I wish this story would die personally. I'm not defending Justin. I have no. Oh, it's so boring. No it's just, interest I mean, at in this it. point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a divorce that you keep going through. It's like you're divorced already. I, I mean, I think, you know, at this point, can we can we move on? You know? Yeah. Well, it just goes to show how this is my final thought. I'll give it this. It just goes to show how barren this wasteland is of pop culture right now, in my point yeah. of view, where we're going back to this VMA performance of this two way kiss, which was incredible with its time. I still get chills when I watch it and I'm not being dramatic. I mean, this is like top five in my lifetime, like incredible moments, the wedding cake, Missy Elliott coming out the balloons. I mean, I, I've watched it a billion times and it still carries the same weight that it did that day. And it just goes to show the ripple effect of these events. It, it's, it's, it's not easy to pull off a stunt as Justin can see from this story, but when done well, whew, it carries for a long time. And Justin just did not do it well, but the women did and it paid off. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think it's fascinating to look at it as in the sense of we have so much pop culture now that when they do these throwbacks, I almost think it's like showing the history of pop culture. Whereas, you know, if you looked at, when Justin originally did that performance, you know, you're talking about performances, you know, maybe 15 years earlier, people like Michael Jackson. And before that though, it was very, a minimal landscape. You had like the Beatles, you had Elvis, you had little Richard, but no, I mean, now we have thousands of pop stars. Now 
you know, things are coming so quickly and so fast and the media cycle is so 24 seven all the time that you do like if this, if Justin Timberlake's performance happened tomorrow, it would be talked about in outrage for a week and then we would drop it for the next thing. Well, it's the same thing that happened at the Grammys. Everyone was in uproar about the Megan Thee Stallion performance on the bed. <laughs> it's B. done. Yeah, and then like now you have to like go back to look up, even, you have to go on like the third page to find an image of it when you Google them. I mean, you know, it's like old news. I totally get it. But I just feel like like pop culture, it's, it's just not, it's, it's in short supply. I know there's a lot of it, but it's in small doses. It's very niche. I, I miss the big, big moments that carry weight like this one for years. I'm just not seeing them anymore. And it's, it's sad to me, unless if you consider like the Kardashian sit down with Andy Cohen, like a big moment in <laughs> pop culture. Well, I mean, unfortunately that's what we're left with. I mean, the Kardashians exactly. fill the pop culture landscape, but I really do. I mean, I will be curious 10 years from now, what will be remembered from these last couple of years? Like what will stand out? What will prove uh, to stand the test of time? Because, I right now there's just so much where it makes everything not special instead of having these special, you know, you just, it was few and far between these amazing performances of yesteryear. And now they're coming all the time where they don't mean anything to us. Exactly. I, I think the theme coming out of this podcast is that you and I have to meet in like 10 years. We need to check in <laughs> on the housewives, children, the status of them, the status of influencer culture and do a, a pop culture check in. Where are we? What is left and who who's left to care about? That's what we need I to mean, do. Just pray, pray to God. It's not at my funeral in 10 years. <laughs> and you're like, ah, I wanted to say a couple words about the pop culture landscape at Ryan's funeral. Um, <laughs> It is, I mean, I got to say that this part of talking about it, though, is exciting to me because you get to pull in the past and compare it with the now and possibly the future. And I think that is where true excitement in um, the discourse on this is, because we do now have a history of pop culture or even a history of these reality shows to pull from. So you have direct examples of how these things have grown and how these things have changed and and what sticks out in your memory um, you know, we have a past now, so that's exciting to take into the future. But I think that's really where the true discourse is, is in comparison instead of really what's in the here and now. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I want to talk about the story about Justin, as stupid as it is, it, it, it shows that. No, it's pop culture. I mean, that yeah. brings in history. I think it, you know, it's, it's frustrating because we don't understand why it's still going. But the fact that you get to then talk about a certain time and a place and somebody that made a horrible decision like we do in our personal lives every day. But, you know, for millions of people have to be involved in this, you know. Right. Well, it's almost destroyed someone's career. So, yeah. Yeah. A big career. Yeah. Well, lots more to talk about. I'll have to have you back on, but thank you for coming on the podcast. Kids, if you haven't already, and I'm sure you have, but if you haven't, support his podcast. Check it out. Ryan, where can people find it? Uh, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. What I would ask, I, I always ask this, and uh, you know, and I hope Grant's all right with me saying this is, if you, you know, when you do listen to these things, just hit five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's a free thing that you can do. It's a flick of your thumb. You don't have to pay anything because most of the time we are independent podcasters that are doing this for free. So that stuff, I know it might seem minute or silly, but it really does matter in the long run. So 
consider giving both of our podcasts five stars and um, subscribe and pick and choose. Go around. See if you like a guest, listen to it. See if you like it. And the Instagram is so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey. And I just, I, I just, I post silly memes. Excellent. Yes. I like the account too, by the way. Worth a follow. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I love you guys for listening. And as always, we'll be back with more rants. Talk to you soon. Bye. This has been Grant's Rants. Follow Grant on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grant's Rants. Cover art created by Howie Rone. Original theme music by Alexander Ardzin. The Grant Michael Collection.